Hour number two, live at Heinz Field on the Steelers Blitz, our ongoing coverage on SNR Kid 10 News. Folks, I've said it once. I've probably said it seven or eight times. But you know what? It bears repeating. I mean, just nobody has you covered with your Pittsburgh Steelers like we do here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. 12 hours of live programming, 8 a.m. to 8 o'clock at night. That is, of course, Eastern Standard Time because we know a lot of you are listening from across the country, uh, even from outside of the country as well, too. Worldwide, baby. This is Motsi and I's little, uh, little three-hour corner of those 12 hours. Every single day that the, the Steelers have practice, we will be here rocking and rolling with you on SNR from 1 until 4. And then, you know, again, some, some late shows some of these evenings as well. Like I said, we are anticipating our buddy Chris Carter joining us at some point in this hour. Arthur Motes, you are back to work after a vacation. I'm excited to have you back here with me today. One of the things I'm back to work. I thought I was still on vacation, man. Well, Stop that's true. It, bro. I, mean, I got sunshades is... on. We're sitting at Hinesville right you, now. You got the your tie-dye Scooby-Doo <laughs> t-shirt man, you on. I mean, stop. you do look like you're still <laughs> on vacation. Don't you lie to me like that? Dang, man. Let me keep believing I'm on vacation right now, man. Sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that uh, that we have been doing this week, Arthur Motes, is at this time, 2 o'clock, we've been doing a division, right? We've been taking just one division every day on the show mm -hmm. and kind of kicking it around, thoughts, expectations, maybe the biggest X factor question mark for some of these other teams in the National Football League mm -hmm. as well, too. Um, you know, kind of along the lines of uh, Chris and I were discussing one day that the biggest Steelers talking point from a national perspective has been Ben Roethlisberger and the offensive line. You know, how good can Ben still be uh, with the Steelers' offensive line and the run game, uh, a big part of that equation as well, too. So we've been taking some – we've been looking at, at, at a division every single day. Motsi, to welcome you back today, a little AFC East talk for you. How about okay, that? Okay, okay. How about that? I and respect it. And we do this alphabetically, so we start, of course, with your first employer in the National okay, Football okay. League. Okay, okay. The Buffalo Bills, the Steelers' first opponent of this season. Mm -hmm. um, it sounds crazy, but – but what, just a little over a month from now, the Steelers will be up in Orchard Park getting ready to take on the Buffalo Bills, a team who was in the AFC Championship game last year, a team who has beaten the Steelers two straight years now. Uh, last year up in Buffalo, two years ago right here uh, where we are seated right now at Heinz Field. Motsi, my question for you as it relates to the Buffalo Bills, as it relates to their success is, after an MVP runner-up season last year, how does Josh Allen continue to get better, continue to move this team in the right direction, right? Not plateau, mm -hmm. but continue that linear progression. Well, for him, I mean, it's actually pretty easy. The biggest knock has continued to be downfield accuracy. So for him, as long as he continues to display that in the way that he did last year, that continues to silence the doubters. That continues to silence the haters. I mean, as much flack as we see Ben get nationally at times, Josh has been getting the same criticism his first two years in the NFL. True. Even when he was taking strides at times, he would still be heavily criticized. He would still be doubted. He would still be viewed as a running quarterback or a guy with a big arm but not an accurate arm. So for him, last year was that first legitimate season where he proved everyone on a national it's level true. It's true. that he could do it at a high level down the field consistently over a full regular season and win in the postseason. So, to me, he just has to come out here and show that he can do that again, that it wasn't a one-year wonder, that it wasn't a, a fluke. Right. It, right. And I think that to him, that to me is where he's at right now. But after that, man, I think that, man, as a team, though, 
they got to get back to the actual championship game, right? They got to at least get to. there because yeah. that's the barometer right now with that group that they currently have, that core, which they pretty much kept together as well. They did a good job, yeah. They're going to have to at least get back to that because they're past that stage of just a winning season now. They're past that stage of winning the division. Kind of like with the Browns, too. Very like true, that, yeah. You, you've gone from the lovable loser right. to now, now, now sky it's an high expectation. expectation. Yeah, but Cleveland's the exact same, actually, when you speak on them. Lovable it's like, loser to, to yeah, sky high expectations. Expectations are you not just make it to the playoffs, win in the playoffs. And not just games, win in the playoffs. Right. Like, let's get to a Super Bowl. Seriously, like, that's what their expectations are becoming. So it's going to be interesting to see with both of those teams, but since we're focusing on Buffalo, sure, just sure. to see how Buffalo handles those expectations another season. Last year, the expectations were in place, but it was more so in place to win the division. It was more so in place to win a playoff game. Right Now, with what they just did last season, that expectation is no longer just getting to the playoffs. It's AFC Championship game or getting to the Super Bowl. Yes, yes. And, and you know what? You've talked about this too, how when you went from Buffalo to Pittsburgh, when you were with the Bills, you were always – um, you were always the the hunter, right? Yeah. Like you guys were always going after the mm -hmm. Patriots, trying. You know, you were yeah, putting I mean, the targets on these other you teams. Don't, you don't get teams' best shots every week because some teams right. are going to overlook you. Right. You quote unquote are the trap game. Correct. Every week you're Correct. the trap game. Correct. And then you you know when you come to Pittsburgh, then all of a sudden you're you're always the hunter. You got the target on your Absolutely. back every single week. And it's a difference. The man. Bills and and Cle I mean they have they've flipped that yeah. script now, and it is certainly a difference when you're the huntee instead of the hunter. No, without a doubt, man, it's something that. If you aren't comfortable in that moment, that pressure can become overwhelming at times. I remember my first year here in 2014, it was times where it was a little foreign mm -hmm. because I hadn't felt sure. that type of pressure and since college. all of a sudden you're playing right. all these primetime games. Absolutely. You go from college where you're always in primetime, always playing in these quote-unquote five-star matchups to yeah. four year in Buffalo. And just four, the importance of the regular right. season in college Then football you go too. four years in Buffalo where you knew by week eight you weren't in contention for anything. And then you come to Pittsburgh where it's no longer a winning season. We're saying, man, you're trying to get the number one seed in the AFC. You're trying to, to, to host. Right, <laughs> like home field advantage. That, that, that right there, you're talking about you can only lose two games. We go into seasons, and that's the legitimate conversation. We can't lose more than three times this season. <laughs> right. You talk about pressure. You talk <laughs> about like, – <laughs> and, then, and then the conversation shifts to, well, pressure is what we say if we can't expect if – we, if, we, if we're not – you know, able to do this. If, if we are seeing something that we've never done before, this exceeds our expectations. Sure. That's pressure. They would say, this isn't pressure. We've done this before. So this is what we expect to do. Mm -hmm. And that's how you psych yourself up. That's how you mentally talk. As crazy as that sounds, yeah. that's how you talk yourself into it. But if you're not accustomed to that, like those guys in Buffalo, they are not right now. It can be a challenge that first go around. So it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it. I agree. I, 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 it's always when, when teams make that flip that switch of kind of being under the radar, being the, again, I keep coming back to the, the lovable loser thing. Um, it, it's always interesting to see how they, how they react. I believe it was Billie Jean King, Arthur Motes, the tennis player, who said pressure is a privilege. And, uh, and the Buffalo Bills will certainly be feeling that this year. Josh Allen last year set the franchise record for passing yards and touchdowns. Let's see if he can take that even further. Uh, starting week two, obviously. In yeah, I was about to say, come on now. No. In we, don't, we don't want to start off with that now. Um, oh, we don't want that. The Miami Dolphins, Arthur Motes. Uh, for me, the roster is really nice. You and I are both believers in Brian Flores. It just feels like can Tua take that next step forward or not? That feels like the X factor for Miami this season. Yeah, without a doubt it is. Um, I think 
no longer having Ryan Fitzpatrick there, it's going to force Tua to prove that now. Because last year he had that crutch. Last year we saw even in games that he might have started, when adversity hit, they pulled him to ultimately protect him from having that exposed to all the negativity and the adversity that comes with being a starting quarterback in the NFL. Now that Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't there anymore, he's not going to have that luxury of let me put the kid gloves back on because you've gotten sacked a couple of times. Let me put the kid gloves back on because we're down big. Right. You don't have that luxury. He's going to have to chew on that. He's going to have to endure it and ultimately overcome it. Now, can he do that? The jury's still out right now. I'm, I, I, I personally am not 100% you know, sold that he can't do either. it. And I loved Tua coming out of college. I did as well. But right now, he hasn't shown a lot in terms to make me feel this elite-level confidence in his ability to handle adversity at the NFL level. I just haven't seen it. So that, to me, 100%, I agree with you on it in terms of it being Tua. That, that's the big question mark. That's the big headline right there because defensively, they're stacked. <laughs> they, they, really they, nice they have talent down there. I know Xavier yeah. Howard isn't the most happy because of the contract and stuff like that, but he is still employed around there, and as long as he's employed, that makes them really good on the back end. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. And, and, I mean, buddy, they've got all kinds of assets and young players, too, with all the draft picks that they've gotten from the Minka deal, from the, um, the, uh, the Laramie Tunsil deal as well, too. Um, yeah, the, the, I tell you what, the Dolphins. The, if if Tua is good, if Tua is a franchise quarterback, the Dolphins for the next few years are, are going to have a chance to make some noise because they do have a, a nice roster, and it feels like they have got the correct head coach uh, driving the bus down there in South Beach. The New England Patriots, Arthur Motes. To me, here's what here's what it is. Right, was was last year a one off, or is is this life now without Tom Brady? You, you know, you're obviously going to have to figure out, is it Cam Newton, is it Mac Jones? We know last year they led the NFL in guys opting out. Hopefully they get a lot of those guys back for their sake, and we know they were very active in free agency this past season. But what is the new standard for the Patriots? Was last year a fluke, and, and they get back to the, the playoff, the contending conversation this year, or is, is this now what they are post-Tom Brady? Yeah, I think, man, last year was definitely a fluke. When you talk about, was it 13 guys, I think it was, that opted it out? It was crazy. They let I mean, the NFL, and I don't think it was very close. To, to, to put it in context, imagine if Devin Bush, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, Cam Hayward, and Terrell Edmonds, for example, all said that, you know what, we're not playing next uh, this past season. And that doesn't account for any of the depth players as well. I was going to say, maybe a couple key special right. teams, you know, maybe like a Jordan Dangerfield. Exactly. Like, it's not even – like, that's the equivalent of what they had happen, along with losing Tom Brady and bringing in Cam, uh, Cam Newton. So when I think of that, I'm like, in the midst of this challenging offseason, in the midst of Cam having his first time with New England without a full offseason, without a normal training camp, yes, that's what it's supposed to look like. That That is very normal. You're going to take away talent and their ability to practice, <laughs> and you think they're going to be better? No. That's why teams like Pittsburgh had a lot of success early last year because they had continuity, because they had veteran leadership, proven players. That's the difference right now. I think – with New England, they, they I don't think that they're going to just bounce back and become a 10 or 11 win team, but I sure, do think sure. that they will be highly competitive and it will be a step in the right direction. Now, in terms of their quarterback situation, I know uh, Belichick just went on record saying that Cam the Newton Cam is the, the quarterback. Yeah. And I agree. I do like that. I don't think that you throw Matt Jones into that situation just yet. 
Unless and, he earns it. But right. Yeah. But I also feel like Cam Newton, if healthy, and with the talent that they have acquired this offseason, he's sure. going to win you games. Yeah. We saw that at moments last year. But we also saw when the cupboard became even more bare how it looked. Because remember also, Julian Edelman was dealing with injuries last year. We also saw where they at the wide receiver position was not the best in Correct. terms of talent either. I mean, hey, they, they went 7-9 and nine with a lot yes. of things working against them. Like, when, when it's not I like think they were three that, win, a two- right. or three-win team. When I think of that, I'm like, I think it's the contrary to this narrative of, man, life without Brady is about to be so miserable. I'm like, no, would they just over – would they just endure it and still won seven games? Like, y'all are overlooking how significant that was. Mm-hmm. And finally, Arthur Motes, those New York J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. To me, it's, it's, it's can, they, can they finally establish some continuity? You know, Robert Sala, uh, Zach Wilson, like they change their quarterback and their head coach. Uh, like we change seasons here in Pittsburgh. I mean, it, way too often. Can they, can, do they finally have the right guys for some stability, for some continuity? <sighs> With Zach, I hope they have – legitimate protection for him <laughs> because we've seen in the recent future or in the recent past how they haven't been able to legitimately protect their quarterbacks and ultimately has led to those guys having less than glamorous performances over seasons and their health becoming compromised as sure, well sure so I think to me man less about Zach Wilson more about the guys that are going to be up front are they ready to protect a franchise quarterback, are they, they ready with Sam Darnold. to to respond to the new expectations that have arrived with Robert Sala and Zach Wilson? That to me is the bigger question with the with the Jets. I think Zach will be fine if he's protected because he has enough talent at the wide receiver position. I think that they have enough, and he is good enough. We've seen the arm strength, absolutely. Yeah. We, we can see the accuracy. We know the quote-unquote arm talent, which everybody <laughs> likes to talk about. I mean, remember that throw he made at his pro day, yeah. I tell you what. But for me, man, it, it simply boils down to that offensive line. I know they've revamped it. I know they brought in new names, and that's all well and good. Are they ready to be productive, though? Because names, because test, uh, you know, oh, he has great measurables. That's all well and good the P in word, July. But when it's game time, I need to know that these guys are going to actually protect him. And that, to me, is the biggest question for those guys. It, it, it absolutely is. It feels like that's the biggest question for a lot of teams with young quarterbacks. You know, it'd be the same conversation if we're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. Um, you've got to be able to keep your quarterback upright point blank period but particularly when it's a new quarterback particularly when you're trying to get your franchise quarterback comfortable and and learning the offense and up the speed and obviously keeping him healthy as well uh, just the offensive line a massive part of the equation we've seen a lot of young quarterbacks coming to the league with good offensive line good run games being able to hit the ground running uh, we've seen those who have not uh, even though we think they have talent and they might be able to play they're just never able to get off the ground never able to get that going that has certainly been the case with the New York Jets over the last few years and uh, we'll be keeping an eye on to see if they can get that moving in the right direction new head coach new franchise quarterback as well. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. It is the Steelers Blitz here on SNR. Practice ongoing in front of us. Easily uh, the biggest crowd we have had here so far. Uh, Motsi kind of wrapped the entire way around the lower I think bowl, they said it was the uh, estimated. Sideline. I think there was an estimated at like 11,000 they said it's supposed really? to be out here. Yeah, yeah between, I, I believe it. I mean, you look at how packed the seats are, and we already know the concourse and outside is yes. packed. 
his it will is right they now. Have, like they have all kinds of exhibits. Uh, yeah, got food it is trucks. nuts it's, out it's, here it's, right now, man. It's Fan Fest day. It's a Saturday yeah. afternoon, beautiful Saturday afternoon on the North Shore. I mean, even where we're broadcasting, we have people <laughs> standing around <laughs> us. Great. Like it, it's cool, yeah, man. Yeah, mo- hey, Mozi's, it's a pretty cool Mozi's scene. Man. shaking hands and kissing babies every time. Man, we it's go just to break, because baby. I know you. That's it. <laughs> and I, I imagine a lot of these people. I mean, it's just a good day to be downtown. You know, it's the end of the July. It's beautiful out. You come to Steelers practice in the afternoon. Maybe you walk across the North Shore, go to the Buckos. And did we mention it's actually free? Did we mention and that? Listen, we, come on, man. We love, we love, <laughs> we love free entertainment. Right, we're, we're not talking about something that costs. We talking about free. On top of that, baby. I yes. tell you what. Najee Harris has been worth the price of admission out here so far, and there isn't even any admission, uh, <laughs> as it looks like. Are we doing some seven shots here? Oh, yeah, Arthur you know Mose? you got to start practice with seven shots. If Coach Tomlin didn't start practice with seven shots, I would take great offense to that. <laughs> well, Mozi and I are going to go to break here since we aren't allowed to discuss what's going on, but we can at least keep an eye on the action and maybe give you a little synopsis when we return. He is Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. It's the Steelers Blitz live from Heinz Field. Training camp 2021 on SNR. Back at Heinz Field, taking in practice here on a beautiful Saturday on the North Shore. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, rocking and rolling with you here. If for about another hour and 40 minutes or so, we've got you up until 4 o'clock. Then you've got Crowley We're and Carter. There? We're already halfway there. We're already about there. halfway through. Listen, time. How does that work? Time flies when you're having fun, what? partner. I tell you what. How? We just started. How, Sway? How? How? <laughs> We're having some fun watching seven shots. Uh, Motsi, we've been pretty spoiled in this regard, too. I don't want to jinx it, all right? So I'm going to – you hear me? I'm knocking on wood here. Definitely jinx it. The first day of practice on Tuesday, okay, they did all the drills down on the other end zone. Mm. And we were like, oh, come on, come on. But ever since then, it's been right here in front of us. And this – I mean, this is the best. You can't beat this, man. They're 20 yards away from us running running uh, seven shots. This is a lot of fun. Uh, we're enjoying taking in everything here uh, with Steelers Nation today here at Heinz Field. Motsi, when we were in break there, young Jacob hanging out with us here mm-hmm. on site, taking in practice as well, too. He, of course, of Steelers standard fame. Absolutely, man. I mean, those guys, they kill it on the on the pre. Before we get on, man, gets us in the mood for the show. It's, it, they, they, I tell you what, they're the, be- they're the best warm-up band in Absolutely, the land. Man. I tell you. Uh, we're going on tour, baby. Um, Jacob asked me a question that I thought was, was astute in terms of our conversation here, and I thought you could shed some light on as well that some of our listeners might be a good kind of uh, look behind the scenes for them, if you will. Uh, Jacob was asking about the referees out here, yes. right? Um, talk to me about the benefit for the ref, because there are refs here at practice, like NFL referees dressed mm-hmm. in the gear here today at practice. That's a a relationship building thing it allows them to get familiar with the players the players to get familiar with them talk to me uh, from the players perspective right about why the refs are out here for certain days in training camp and and the benefits uh what you guys can take away and learn from from those sessions yeah so um this happens every year uh especially at the nfl level they always try to have the referees come out and it happens it's multifaceted here so for the referees this helps them get into shape get into the mood of calling games they because think about this right when football season is over it's not like they can go out here and get practice reps right. <laughs> it's like they can go oh let me just go call this local flag football game like no they don't have that luxury so for them they use this as their time as their otas in training camp as well so we would always joke about it anytime somebody calls a flag on you during training camp we're always like, man, you still rusty right now. That don't count. <laughs> Come on, man. That that wasn't it's it. It's all right. You're in preseason. Yeah. It's all right. But also in terms of the relationship building. So at nighttime, 
while these guys are here, they will accompany us to our meetings. Hmm. You can pick their brain and ask them, hey, man, what do you see when I line up like this? What is your thought when this is happening at the catch point? And they will give you pointers of terms of, hey, we will call this, we won't call your this. Your hand placement right. was here, that's why we called it. Yeah. And, then they'll, and then they give us the heads up on whatever the new point of emphasis will be that season. They're going to come in here and give us video displays of or video examples of how to do it. And then when we come out here to practice, we're going to actually be able to look over and ask them. So while guys are doing one-on-one -on -one drills, for example, if I'm a linebacker and I'm working on a six-technique drill where we're, the tight end is going to get to either drive block me, cut off block me, or reach block me, right? And I got to react to all of this. I can adjust my alignment. Hmm. Okay, how tight am I? And I can look over to the referee and say, hey, is this too tight? Am I in the neutral zone right here? Or when we're working a drill to the sideline and it's an open field tackle and I say, okay, when I grab this guy like this, is this considered a horse collar or hmm. not? How are you going to look at this? Sure. These are the questions that you're able to ask them and it's in this setting where it doesn't cost you the yardage. Even if they were to throw the flag, it's sure. not going to cost sure. the yardage. It's not going to cost you financially either because we know in these games – a penalty, a personal foul penalty, it costs you. you so you're going to get the, the chance to, to have these conversations. And then when you actually make the team and you've played in a couple of games now, it's always cool when you come back and see these same officials sure, from two sure. to three times now and they know you by name and they're like, hey, remember we talked about in training camp. Don't give me none of that out here today. <laughs> and then you're going back to them like, look, baby, you was rusty remember back then. If you throw that flag, man, I know I know where you stay at, baby. All right, we, we've connected a little bit here now. So that's ultimately what transpires, though, with the officiating crews while they're out here. And they rotate. So you'll get this group out here for a couple of days, and then during the season it'll be a different group. And then during OTAs, it's a different group. So you're seeing multiple guys so you can see the different styles of what they call, what they allow, sure, sure. and stuff like that, man. So I think it's very beneficial as well, even though we, we give them a hard time. You well, know? of course. We call them the Foot Locker crew. Anytime, oh, oh <laughs> Foot Locker, y'all brought my shoes today, man. If y'all don't got my fresh shoes out here, man, why are y'all wasting my time? <laughs> But that's just the dynamic, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And you see it now that there's, I think, five different officials out here in total. Mm -hmm. If, if my, my eyesight and my math is serving me correctly, they're, with, they're talking with different groups. They're standing in different areas, taking in different things. Yeah, a cool – like, you, it, it, it's just it, – it's beneficial for both them and for the players. You establish a little bit of a relationship, and, uh, and you get to ask questions and, and obviously what's uh, the appropriate setting to do so. And as it's a trust to, factor. Yeah, I right, mean, when you right. talk about in these games – we get in such high-stress, high-tension situations that the communication sometimes comes out very aggressively, especially from our side, mm -hmm. right, <laughs> because we are very passionate in the moment. But because you've had the chance to talk and communicate under a cooler setting, a cooler scenario, a lot of times stuff that might even be viewed as disrespectful down the line they give you a little bit more of a leash because of the 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 foundation that has already been built, the sure. found the, the positive first impression that was already set. So I do like that as well. I love it. I love it. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler having some fun here as we are about halfway through our allotted three hours here on the show, about halfway through Steelers practice as well. Uh, Motsi, we got a tweet here from Justin that I thought was interesting. Uh, Justin wants to know – uh, Moat's first day there. He's got to be all excited. But who is Arthur most looking forward to watching over the next few days? Man, I'm glad you actually asked that. I actually have a list that I put oh, right in front really? of me. Oh, did you really? Yeah, because, I mean, every day I have different <laughs> players that I like to look sure, for. Man. Sure, So on my list of players that I'm looking at today, uh, Melvin Ingram, Alex Highsmith, 
Dwayne Haskins, Mason Rudolph. Okay. Then I got three more after that. That's just Najee, Devin Bush, and James Pierre. That's it, man. That was my guys today. I feel like, man, when you talk about a two-and-a-half-hour practice, I don't want to watch the same person oh, for two-and-a-half hours. No, absolutely. no, no. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and try to act like I'm going to watch all 90 guys that are on the roster right now either because I'll be lying to you if I said I was. But you got to pick each day, man, different guys you want to watch, different guys to focus on, and that tends to be the group today just based on what I've been reading about them because obviously sure. – this is my first time seeing them in person right correct, now correct. in 2021. Now, I've heard, I mean, obviously we saw them at minicamp, but they weren't in pads. It's so different. It's, different. It's, it's a different. Yeah. The intensity goes up. This, the, the, the amount of, oh, I would have made that play goes down drastically when pads come on because as defenders, we hate shirts and shorts because offensive players promise. They're running they, to the end zone every oh, time. Oh, every time. Oh, he, it was, he broke off this great run. I'm like. No, he didn't. He was tagged right there. He would have been down. He just kept running. But if we grab them, oh, now it's saying we're doing too much. Don't well, restrict the running. Yeah, exactly. But yet we got to hear the who, oh, 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 big play right here. All of that goes out the window when the pads come on. Yes. So that's the other reason why I'm just like, I love this right here today, man. But those are the guys that I'm looking to, you know, that I'm be dialed in on today. Buddy, uh, just to, to kind of fill you in, bring you up to speed here. Uh, it has been a lot of fun watching Alex Highsmith and, and Melvin Ingram out here on, what, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So today's the fifth day that we've been at practice. Like, you can tell that there is – there's a real competition there. I mean, Alex Highsmith, it definitely seems like he has just been chomping at the bit. He – all his reps have been so high energy from what I've seen over the last few days. And then Melvin Ingram as well, too. It's, it's – it's goofy kind of to see number eight on the edge rusher out there, hey, right? But I, I love a guy that's going to take advantage of the new rules. But you, like, you, I, I just, I, I really felt like, especially the first couple days, that there was a real anything you can do, I can do better, like, between those two. And, and I mean that in the best way possible. And it's been fun to, to watch play out. And, like, you and I discussed when, when the Melvin um, signing was made official, that's only going to be beneficial. Absolutely, man. You want to see – the guys respond like that. If it was any other way when I got here, if you would have told me it was any other way, I would be highly disappointed you'd in both going, of those you'd be guys. You'd going down there to talk to those I would have to give them all, you know, grab the face. Man. Hey, look, man, <laughs> look, y'all aren't buddies right now. No, y'all are arch enemies. Y'all are rivals right now. If he comes out here and get a sack, you should want two sacks. That's right. If he makes three tackles, you want four tackles. Like, that's how it has to be, and I'm speaking from experience. Because every year in camp, that's how it was here in Pittsburgh, man. And you want to see those guys respond like that because it ultimately makes this team that much better. What's better than having two elite edge rushers when you can have three? When you can have three. And that's my thing, man. So if those guys are going to keep pushing themselves like that and emerge, man, it is all good. So, Motsi, what is there a name for this period of practice right now? Yeah, it so looks this like right different here. Like so, different one-on-one So you're, you're doing the one-on-one -on -one competition part of practice. No okay. different than we highlight backs on backers. Sure, sure. This is the, the alternate day, right, because you don't just work on the same thing every single day. So sure. certain days is backs on and backers. you don't crank the physicality right. up to 11 every single then, day. Then other days you're going to work on open field tackling and you're going to work on a six technique, which are very different in terms of the requirements, but also different in terms of who's at a disadvantage. You heard Mike Tomlin speak on Najee Harris the first time doing backs on backers and why he was positive. He said the matchup stuff. He was matched up more on inside linebackers, which typically is who he's going to have to block. Now, Friday Night Lights, the reports were different. He had to go against Alex Highsmith. He had to right. go against bigger body edge rushers. He struggled a little bit. Well, it's supposed to be because that matchup isn't – 
He's not a tight end. Right. Tight ends are going to block those guys. Right. Tackles are going to block those guys. But you want to give him different looks. He's at the disadvantage now, right? Now you shift it to today where it's open field tackling. He getting the ball with five to ten yard gotcha. head start. Gotcha. Who does the drill benefit now? Right. Who, the, the, the shoes on the exactly. other foot. Exactly. <laughs> so now if you're the inside linebacker, you're over here like, oh, I'm not as happy today in practice. If you're an outside linebacker <laughs> and you're not rushing, we're not doing backs on backers where I get the rush the passer and you got to sit here and try to block me. Now I got to play the run and I don't know which way sure, we going. Sure. I don't have a D lineman. I don't have a guard. I don't have nobody to help me out here competitive advantage now right so now Absolutely. it flips so that's the thing that coach Tomlin does a great job of in terms of how he formulates the practices it is it's, and why it's he's science. so strategic with it because you want to have days where this group is at an advantage okay right. when you got the upper hand when you're the favorite how are you going to operate sure okay now you're at the disadvantage, now you're at a disadvantage. are you going to come in here and complain can you still make plays are you going to come yeah. in here and talk about how bad it is i mean it's been plenty of days where me and coach tom and we would have a, a friendly banter slash serious discussion about man this drill sucks why are we doing this <laughs> like this is stupid it like a verbatim <laughs> Coming out of my mouth, Coach Tomlin, this is stupid. I will never be in this situation. Why do you have me doing this drill? And he looks at me and says, Arthur, you a GMU guy, so you're always going to be in this drill, and you're going first. But more importantly, <laughs> if you can kick butt in this drill, I know you can dominate right. in 11 on right. 11, right. but I need to see you do it in this drill when the odds are stacked against you because that's what it's going to be at times in the season. And sure enough, it prepared you for it mentally and physically. And I always laugh about it because in the moment you hate him for it. But sure. after the fact, when you're looking back on it, you're like, it made perfect sense. And I'm so grateful for that. Was that your uh, was like like that your moment with Mike Tomlin where we all were like the first time we had to go to an algebra class, right? Oh or yeah, like, and you're like, like bro, what, geometry what is the or of trigonometry, <laughs> and you're like, you know, the teachers like rolling yep. through the syllabus, and you're like, this is a different language, yeah. and you're like, hey, yo, teach, just yeah. real quick. When am I going to use this in life? <laughs> I'm like, Coach T, when am I ever going to be in a six technique <laughs> where the tight end is just going to run out of his stance, not stay square. He's just sprinting out of his stance to cut off me, and I'm just going to drive him 30 yards across the field. Like, that's not realistic, man. <laughs> it is not. But for the purpose of the drill, it's like, all right, I understand what you're trying to accomplish. Let's see what you could do. I understand fella. it. And, and, and like I said, it, it works both ways, though, because when it gets to the point where we start winning those drills where we're at the disadvantage – well, now it puts more pressure on that offensive player. Now it puts more pressure on the person that has the quote-unquote advantage. When you are expected to dominate backs on backers and you don't do so, how do you think that looks? How do you think that's sure. going to be reflected upon? does not reflect well. Or if you're dominating the drill, we don't hand clap you for winning in backs on backers. That's what you're supposed to do. So those are the things that take place and why the practice are set up like that and why it's so strategic yet so beneficial for everybody that's involved. Nah, that's well said, partner. Laying it down there is Arthur In, in the most long-winded way, hey, as you can see. Listen, we got nothing but time, baby. We got nothing but time. And you, you know what? I think a, like a kind of a, a, a good example is of, of what you just explained what Mike Tomlin's trying to do. I'm going to hearken back to your high school days, Motsi. I think most our, – our loyal listeners definitely know this, but it is training camp. I, you can feel it on Twitter, some, some new voices uh, that are listening to the show right now that might not be as familiar with us and what we do here uh, on Steelers Blitz and inside the Electric Factory. Arthur Motes, not only a football standout, he was also a pretty dang good wrestler in high school as well, too. <laughs> you, you know how in, in, in wrestling right in practice – 
like you do that where one guy's up and one guy's on the mat, very right? And, and then yes. you switch. That mm -hmm. That's kind of a snapshot of what Mike Tomlin's trying to do, yes, right? Yes, very true. One point you're going to be a leg up, one point you're going to be a leg down. Let's let's see how you handle both the positive and the adversity. Absolutely, man. And like I said, you like you that, you that, like that wrestling hey, example, man, anytime, don't you? Anytime we get to talk a little bit about wrestling, it gets me excited over here, man. I brought a <laughs> smile to my face. We got the Olympics going on as well, but that's neither here nor there. Arthur Motes, 25 years ago today. Pittsburgh's own Kurt Angle Woo! won an Olympic gold medal down in Atlanta with, with a, a broken, broken freaking neck. neck. Come on, man. Come on, baby. It yeah. gets no better. There it is on Wrestling Nation Radio here live from Heinz Field. Can I get his theme song to drop, please? <laughs> we need some milk. We need some, we need some milk. We need some milk up to the broadcast booth. Having way too much fun. Arthur Motes is back in the saddle. We're loving it. We're taking in practice. We'll answer your tweets as we roll along here at Wes Euler at the body 52. We got about another hour or in 20 minutes or so to go, so don't you dare go anywhere. Live at Heinz Field, it's a Steelers Blitz Training Camp 2021 Training camp. on SNR. For the most complete selection of Steelers merchandise, from official sideline gear and authentic memorabilia to an extensive selection of jerseys and terrible towels, you got to visit one of the official Steelers Pro Shop stores. There's one located right here at Heinz Field also up in Grove City at the Premium Outlets or at the Tanger Outlets in Washington, PA. You can also visit online at shop.steelers.com at any time for all your Steelers merchandise needs directly from the team. Closing down hour number two, we'll have our buddy Chris Carter in hour number three. I mean, that's just going to be a heck of a round table. Man, I tell can't you. Wait, I tell can't you what, wait. that's going to be an absolute heck of a round table. We are live here at practice. For those of you who might just be joining us, uh, we'll get Chris Carter's thoughts and reset on this a little bit in the final hour of the show. But four guys added to the Steelers Hall of Honor today. That is the big news down here from Heinz Field. John Kolb, Louis Lips, Carnell Lake, Tunch Ilkin. We spent a lot of the first hour of the show discussing those four guys. Like I said, we will kind of reset with that a little bit when Chris joins us next hour. We've got 11 on 11 drills running right now in front of us. Mozi, this is bliss, isn't it? I mean, we're sitting here on the North Shore. It's a beautiful day, but we're under a tent, right? So it's that perfect, great temperature, but we're not getting fried. Like I'm not gonna be a, I'm not gonna be a redneck when I walk out of here. Thankfully, um, we got the nice breeze coming on. I mean, you look behind us, man. Like you can see the point. There's all kinds of boats out there you look in front of us it's pittsburgh steelers football this is living brother yes it is i mean like i said for me my view is a little bit different for sure you know but but i'm thoroughly enjoying both these views that i was currently in and that i'm in right now baby so i'm with you hey, hey you ain't gotta sell it to me man i'm with you 100 <laughs> i know you I mean, are it's just a challenge you know when we sell me on the point and i'm like I was I was a little bit you know but the point I was just in was a little bit different sure. a little bit different it was a little but bit we different. but we here though we here I'm with you I'm with you I love it <laughs> still in vacation mode because I tell I'm you what I'm still on vacation <laughs> I tell you what this 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 certainly beats working whatever it is that, oh, that, hey, ain't that, the truth, that we are doing uh, some uh, some shows some talking some yapping having some fun down here at Heinz Field but obviously not just that man I just love like I said man right now. Even though we can't give you full details, we are getting to see storylines. We are getting to see. It, it, it helps our conversation. It definitely does, man. When, when I'm thinking of a guy like Alex Highsmith, and you hit on it a little bit in that last segment where we're talking about how him and Melvin Ingram have kind of had this friendly competition going on where they're trying to one-up each other. But being able to see 
the improvement and the growth with Alex in terms of his consistency, that to me has stood out the most. Yep. And, and just the earlier part of this practice, I mean, I love watching Alex on tape, especially last year, to see him as a rookie, to see his growing pains, what he did well and what he struggled with. But seeing just, like I said, at this beginning portion, yeah. You can the, see the growth. You you see it. Yeah. You see him come out here. He looks like more a professional. Moves. He yeah. looks more confident. He looks like a guy who's been through this process before. And to me, that is beautiful. You don't take it for granted. You don't because you never know if these guys are going to take those number those two-year jump, right, that second-year leap that we always talk about here Correct. in Pittsburgh. Correct. But it, it is looking like Alex Highsmith is, is ready for that, man, just from what I've seen briefly, and that's a positive. It absolutely is. You and I have discussed that a lot. It's it's a cliche, but it is a cliche because it's so often true. That first to second year, that's when you want to see guys take the biggest leap. That's you know you're going from freshman to sophomore. You're not the new man on campus anymore. Uh, should be more comfortable with the defense. Should be uh, a more polished NFL player. And we have certainly seen that from Alex Highsmith uh, in spades. I would say out here so far. Mozi, what do you say we uh, we close down this hour? We have been kind of neglecting the tweets here, and we got a man, bunch. Man, how are you going to not get to the Twitter.com, well, man? Just, Come I'm on, I'm chopping man. it up with my guy. You know, I mean, I haven't seen you in like a whole week. Well, I mean, you know, I, I was offended. When you left me to go on vacation, I said, <laughs> well, you know what? Since you didn't take me, I'm going to go on vacation. Huh. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're blame yourself for it, our, 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 our uh, recent mean, departure. Okay? It's been like a whole nine days since I've Gosh, seen you. I was man. going through withdrawal over here. You know, I, I was confident if I was even coming back. This I, I'm not going to lie, man. I mean, this was the guy that got me through the, <laughs> this was the, guy that got me through the <laughs> pandemic, Arthur. I mean, there was a stretch of like seven or eight months where, other than my wife, Moxie was the only person I saw. And we were like having our own fashion shows in the studio. Because we'd be like... All I've worn is gym shorts and Seriously, sweatpants. For the, like, let's get dressed up. And we come in every day and be yeah. like, oh, look at that shirt. Oh, yo, I, like, I, like the, I like the shoes right there. I, I like see the shoes. <laughs> yeah. Just the two of us in Green Tree just having our own little fashion show. Man, uh, man, man. <laughs> Julie tweets, and I, I think Julie is a is one of the new people that we picked up here throughout training nice. camp. So, Julie, welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> uh, tweets us hearing really good things about, about Pierre. I'm so happy with how it seems his game is rising. Mozi, he's one of the guys that has been jumping off the field here early through the I, – I know you obviously this is your first day, but even today you could tell uh, in the end zone in front of us him making a great play. He – buddy, uh, some of, a lot of that talk and chatter about him at the end of last season, it, it has looked completely legit to this point so far. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, watching him on tape last year, I, I've talked about this in, during the offseason as well where I said he's not the best athlete. He's not going to wow you like a Justin Lane or a Joe Hayden, but he is such a fundamentalist. He is such a technically sound person, yeah. and that showed greatly last year in his gameplay. Even though he was the younger guy, even though he wasn't the high-pedigree draft pick, they still would go to him in games. He was the guy that was getting the call to get out there, man, and you would watch him on tape, always in position always eyes where they're supposed to be knowing the difference between man coverage and where your eyes need to be yes. versus zone coverage and where mm. your eyes need to be understanding i have a safety on top i can undercut this versus i don't have a safety over top i have to play this more top down tackle the catch he understood both scenarios he understood how to play the ball he even talked about that in the interview where he had the uh this would have been on friday night lights practice where he yes. made a play on the ball in the end zone in seven shots and he talked about how 
I was more so working on my technique. I didn't know the ball was up, but I knew these keys told me to turn my head around and look for the ball. And ultimately, that was how he was able to make the play that he did. That is growth. That is what has consistently shown up on Pierre's tape. And even today, we're seeing those same things happen again. And that is huge because is. we know cornerback is a significant position. It's something oh, that a lot of question marks and, are on and right yes, now, man. Steven Nelson and Mike Hilton are no longer here. You, you need you need reinforcements. You need replacements. I think that's well said by you. And, again, like you discussed in the first hour, I mean, I say anyone, but most of these guys are capable. They've made it to this point in their football careers of coming out here and having a good day, right? Even the guys who are going to get cut, even the guys who are on the bottom of the roster, uh, they've made it to this point. They can come out here and have a good day. It's one thing to do that. It's another to look good on Tuesday and then again on Wednesday and on Thursday yeah. and on Friday and on Saturday. And, and, and that's what Pierre's doing. And, and I will say this, though. In terms of it being easy to have a good day, not always. Okay, yeah, you're right. I, I mean, I'm, say, I'm, I'm, I'm short for, selling for, 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 the, for the veterans, yes. <laughs> for a lot of these young guys, though, it is, it is not that easy. And you know I love you, baby. You know I love you. But All I was right, like, no, no, I'm gonna defer yeah, to you yeah, yeah, yeah. on this. One. I'm gonna <laughs> defer to you on this. One. I was like, just because these guys were good players, it is actually the flip flop. It's very difficult for them to come out, and that's why to me it's even more impressive sure. about James Pierre, though. Sure. And when you talk about putting it together, I will say this: it's easy to make a play. It's easy to make a play. And, and yeah, I think right. that's what you were alluding to. To have a standout yes, moment. Yes, it's easy to have moments yeah. in practice. Yeah. That's, it that's is more so, so hard to have good days in practice, though, because the way it works is this. James Pierre, we're not going to just try you once today. No, we're going to try you 30 times today. All right, you think you could do it once? Right. Great. How about, on the, how about on the 17th? Times. How about on the 17th right. time? We're going to try you in the red zone. We're going to try you backed up. We're going to try you in the field of play because all of those scenarios are going to be drastically different in terms of his technique in terms of the advantage that he might have or mm -hmm. might not have, and just what he has to process pre-snap versus post-snap. So seeing James be able to do this for multiple days in a row, for multiple periods of practice, when a, when a guy is making plays in seven shots, I'm like, with some of those throws – it's pass or fail. Sure. Because you're talking about fade right. ball versus right. a, a, a slant. There's no B minus. No, it, it, it's, it's A either, plus or it, F. Right. You either had a great break and yeah. you made this play, or this receiver jumped ball, he got it and dunked on you. It's that simple. You either made the play or you got mossed. So <laughs> at times, at times, the context of a seven shot play can be skewed a little bit. But when you start seeing a guy not just make a play in seven shot, he's making a play in team run. He's making a play in third down. He's making a play in two minute. He's making a play in backed up offense. That is letting you know that this guy is ready. That's letting you know that this guy is ready to be a starter or he's ready to have a significant role on defense. And yes. that, to me, is the most impressive part about James right now, man. He has been impressive. That is, that is easily the word that I would use to describe him to this point. And you know what? That's mu that, that should be, um, like, like Julie said, that should be music to, to everybody's ears. Because, again, you lose Steven Nelson, you lose Mike Hilton. Um, we're all very confident in Cam Sutton. But if you, if, if you get Pierre to emerge as well, too, Arthur Motes, that gives us options. And well, that's what we want. And you always have to account for injuries. As much as we like to assume that all of our players are going right. to stay it's healthy, gonna gonna play every everyone's going to play every game. Injuries all 17 happen. games this year. Right. Manager. Injuries happen. We know that. You can never have enough good players. You can never have enough quality players. And what I would say is this. In the midst of James Pierre performing as well as he's performing, mm -hmm. it's also putting pressure 
on multiple guys Absolutely. in that room. And not just backups. Cam Sutton feels that as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. That's a great because point. Because what you have to realize is Cam Sutton, did he get the contract? Yes. Cam Sutton, has he performed as a slot corner? Yes. But we have never seen him over a 17-game or 16-game body of work as a outside corner. Correct. So this is new for him. So he has to prove it. So when you see James Pierre going out here every day making plays, when you see James Pierre being fundamentally sound, if you're Cam Sutton, you feel that. And that's going to make really, you perform at a, a really higher level point. as well. Most people look at James Pierre and look directly to Justin Lane and Antoine Brooks. No, it's bigger than those guys. It's bigger than those guys. And James Pierre understands that, and I'm sure Cam Sutton understands oh, it as sure. well, baby. For sure, without a doubt. No, that, that's really said by that's really well said by you, Motsi. Um, as we've got, it looks like some special teams work now. Hey, man, don't hey, we, we can never have enough special teams work, man. I'm glad we're not discriminating on the special teams. We can never today. have enough Danny. <laughs> we can never have enough Danny Smith. I mean, hey, man, really if he to, has right? less than five pieces of that old non-chewy, non-flavory bubblegum in his mouth, I'm gonna be disappointed. I need at least five pieces and another. 30 in his pocket because you know they go out of flavor after two chews. <laughs> Folks, it is free admission down here at Heinz Field, but if they were charging ticket prices or just even, you know, five, ten bucks or whatever to get in, Danny Smith would be worth the price of admission. No question. Uh, it, special teams period is my favorite period of practice, I think, just to watch that guy control the field, hear him bark, hear him yell, like Motsi said. Uh, it's not often I want to get off the air with you to run down there onto the field. Whenever I see my man Danny Smith walking around there with that, you know he got that little walk where he kind of bouncing a little bit on it. It's like a, it's a, it's a, he, you know, he, he got that. He's he's, he's very unique he's in just, his. He's a character, you know? and I mean that in the best way possible. So so anytime I see him out there, that's the only time I get this sense of urgency. You're like, all right, like, I could be back out there. I, I'm gonna holler at y'all in a little bit. I gotta go talk to my guy Danny. I miss him. <laughs> And just like the, the wad of gum visual, Motsi. It's like, remember Clint Hurdle? Like Pirates man, former Pirates manager Clint Hurdle. Like mm -hmm. that's the, the wad gum size that, that we're talking about here. Yeah, it's, it's practice. Hey, it's a practice staple. It is. If he ever showed up to staple. practice without that gum in his mouth, I would leave. I would be so petrified of what could be going wrong in his life that he doesn't have that be, gum on him, You'd man. be going to the double bubble store. Yeah, I'd be like, him, man, I, I, I can't up. be here today, man. I got to go get the gum myself. <laughs> Our buddy Don Juan tweets us here and Shout out says, to Don Juan, man. Uh, says that he's he's loving the Hall of Honor class and that Tunch getting in. Uh, asking, though, like, I think they're missing the wolf, man. Tunch and wolf like peanut butter and jelly. I know, man. They got it going together. Uh, you know what, though? I bet you if you asked Wolf, he'd say he wouldn't want to. No, like, I agree. Wolf would yeah. say, like, Tunch, Let him get his flowers. Tunch Let deserves moment. this moment. Uh, it doesn't need to be Tunch and Wolf. It needs to be Tunch. Absolutely. And and, and he certainly deserves that. And like I said, if, if you did miss our Hall of Honor discussion earlier, we will kind of reset and, and, and revisit some of that with our buddy Chris Carter in the next hour. We've got a bunch that we want to get to. Uh, with Chris Carter. Julie also asked Motsi if we've heard anything, any updates on David DeCastro, his status, if he's trying to return, if he is going to retire. I, I, I have not. Yeah, David DeCastro is very reserved with his yeah. football decisions. I mean, with his life in general, he's not a social media guy. He isn't, you know, hosting radio shows, TV shows, etc. He's a guy that just likes to be you know, to himself. So I think when he's decided on what he wants to do, whether it is continue to play and sign somewhere else, or if it's retire, I think we are all going to find out at the exact same time, man. <laughs> right, right. And it won't be <laughs> by him posting something. It'll be through a statement, yes. whether it's through the team, the yes. agent. It's going to happen like that more than likely. So for all of us, it's just wait and see. For me, though, I'm not going to lie. I would – 
I'm biased. I would rather he retire than I ever see him put another jersey on personally, man. But yeah. if he does have the desire to play, similar to Al. I mean, Al's another guy. When you think of Al, you think of him as a stealer. So seeing him put on a Baltimore uniform is going to take some time to adjust to. But if that's what makes that per that person happy, man, you support them because oh, of what they did here, man. So absolutely. that's kind of my mindset with DeCastro. But we haven't officially heard anything saying mm -hmm. yes or no Correct. about his playing future. Uh, he is still listed as a free agent via the NFL. So, so yeah, it's not like he's pulled his name out of that. But, but like Moat said, it feels like it'll be one of those things that he will probably remain quiet and then we'll all find out uh, the news together at one point. You know, we were talking about, and we, like I said, we will again, Carnell Lake, one of the guys who was inducted into the Hall of Honor today. Um, maybe there's a situation, Carnell Lake, when he was on the back end of his career, he had to sit out a season due to injuries, still came back and played. DeCastro is only 31 years old, so maybe it is a situation if it's if it's more injury-related. Uh, maybe he, we could see something similar from him. But, again, yeah, Moats and I, uh, we promise we're not keeping any information from you guys as it relates to that conversation. You want to join in on the conversation, get at us on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. Body. We got about another half an hour or so left in practice. Another hour left for Motsi and I before we turn things over to Adam Crowley and Chris Carter as our ongoing Steelers coverage continues. But Motsi and I are fortunate enough to have Chris Carter with us here, taking in practice. He's going to join us in the next hour of the show, talk a little Hall of Honor, uh, talk a little bit about what Chris has seen here um, through practice today as we just continue to have a great time down here at Heinz Field. It's the Steelers Blitz. Training Camp 2021 on SNR.